0: Welcome to this number 7th episode of season 5 of the Purple Rains podcast. This is going to be the final episode of the season. It is going to be a little bit longer than usual. I might have to break it up into 3. I'm going to see how fast I go through everything. I just wanted to um, let it all culminate into this one. Everything that I've talked about all season uh, adds up to where we are now with the purple rains. Why did I change the name? What does purple rains mean? And how does it all tie into everything that we've been talking about so far with all of the chakras and the lights and the body, the anatomy and so on and so on. All right, so this uh podcast or this particular chakra does not um or is not part of the human body, but it's how we connect our body Or how our anatomy connects to the sun. So let me start at the beginning. I'm actually going to start with something that I didn't mean to start with. But I did notice it. I mentioned a couple episodes back that you are going to be hearing a lot about the senses. And I recently came across um, uh, something about the great narrative. As a As much as um, the world right now is looking at what's going on in Russia, Ukraine, and whatever, you know, they're staging their new war, that is part of the narrative. And the narrative, they just had, the World Economic Forum just had this, um, I guess, it's some sort of meeting online. Um, and just last year they had a meeting where they discussed the great narrative and we are in it and a narrative is a story. So right now we're hearing the stories and you're going to hear the word narrative come up a lot. I heard Kanye talking about, he's taking his narrative back. So everyone's telling their story. It is a battle to see what story will prevail. You know, it's usually the victor who writes the history And so everybody seems to be in the midst of fighting for that privilege, it seems. However, we are in, if it were up to me, I would say just let these people finish writing their story. Just finish their story, put a pin in it so we can move on to the next cycle okay because this one is getting old it is difficult before i go on to understand spirituality or spiritual enlightenment by looking at it through the lens of modern science but i am going to use modern science and i'm going to work backwards and work my way through it navigate through it to get you to understand um how to understand enlightenment and what how it ties into this Um, the purple or crown chakra, whatever, Uh, from my point of view, of course. And so today's scientists, they do descend from the so-called humanist, which I talked about in the last season. And these humanists came out of the dark ages. Okay. So they barely understood the knowledge of the ages before they started co-opting it and passing it off as their own and here we are with the narrative which relates to that word Gnostic or knowledge and so they're here trying to pass on a knowledge or pass on a narrative that they barely even understood now that's just uh, this civilization what we know as the Germanic people I guess Uh, they're in their own little battle the Germanics the Anglo-Saxon Jutes, and Slavs They're all fighting right now against the Babylonians so that they can have their time to reign, all right? But all civilizations have had their turn and they've all destroyed themselves in the same way. So I expect that these people will do the same thing and it's usually because of um, arrogance or a misunderstanding, we'll say that. Lately, I've been calling them retards, but I really, you know... I'm just saying, I still think they're retarded, but because we do, still not learning from the mistakes, but this is why humanity exists in those oblivious loops. And that's the oblivious, oblivious loop I was talking about back in season four in episode two, where like they're on the verge of destroying themselves or destroying us all by playing with lights and all civilizations have played with lights and they don't stick to the rule of light and that is what purple rains is it describes a basic rule so let me explain that step by step in nine steps <laughs> so step one is darkness and light and so the two must exist separately while working as one there is a common misconception that man has and this is the same mistake that he keeps repeating where he feels as if duality cannot exist that duality is chaotic and that you have to combine everything together or to coagulate as it were to make it into one entity but life is there is duality there is light and dark and in between those two things there is a spectrum of light But you must have the two, you must have the opposite or the equal and the opposite in order to have that balance in between. When you combine them together, then it has to explode and die. Combination, it just means the end once everything converges into one. And so what man is doing is similar to that eye disease that's called convergence insufficiency. And man's mistake is insufficient <laughs> convergence, okay? Now, it um, convergence insufficiency is when there's a misalignment of the eyes. Like one eye is looking one way and the other eye is looking another way and you can't really focus on what's in front of you. And that's how man is living. Because I'm going to move on now to number two, which is duality versus transmutation. Man believes that um, transmutation is a disintegration of duality or it's a destruction of duality. And it means changing these two things or combining them Um, into one thing and then destroying the two things. But that's not how alchemy works. Alchemy means from the dark. I've mentioned that before. And the original alchemy was sex and birth. And so the semen, which is the white, along with the blood, which is the red, inside of the womb, which is the dark, creates another life. So one and one make three and the third thing is the transmutation the combined two things you combine the red and the white in order to and you did that in the dark and out of the dark comes the thing that or the the product of alchemy okay that's chemistry that is alchemy it means from the dark now what man is trying to do is trying to create light From dark but it's not our job to do that okay and this is where the mistake happens when it comes to man and trying to do magic all right so um what man is trying to do is to combine magnetism which is dark and electricity which is light all right and this um notion of combining magnetism and electricity to get electromagnetism now this is old like I said civilizations have been trying to do this from time immemorial okay but of course the European since now is his time okay he's decided to co-opt it of course and try to make the story is his own so this notion of combining dark and light or magnetism and electricity is co-opted by a physician called France Mesmer. And this is where the mesmerize, the word mesmerize comes from. Mesmerizing means to um, be just highly attractive. So to pull together to, and that's, there was actually a cult. I was looking up the word mesmerize and there was a cult that um, was based on this idea. All right. And and this guy, or it stemmed from this guy, I suppose. I didn't get into it completely. But so to mesmerize or, you know, you hear this a lot when we talk about magic. It's tied into magic um, when something is mesmerizing, especially when you're looking into someone's eyes and they're just mesmerizing. Okay, so they take, it comes from this guy's name, this German guy. But he got that obviously from people before him. Now, this really stems from... Uh, from alchemy and of using the vertex of the pyramid or the cone that we talked about in the last podcast or that I talked about in the last podcast the vertex or the tip of the cone or the tip of a pyramid is what pulls sun energy down and that's what I was talking about the cone heads and why if you're highly enlightened then you want to put a cone on your head and walk around like the KKK do right that was co-opted as I mentioned now the pyramids were, um, the fir- I'm not going to say the first because I don't know what came before the pyramids, but pyramids, and these are not just the pyramids of Giza, but pyramids all around the world were the first um, particle colliders. Now they're trying to do this over at CERN and in other places around the world, they're, um, but CERN is um, the most well-known, um, uh, the Uh, collider over there that they're working on Um, they're trying to turn dark matter into light and that's what uh, the pyramids were meant to do now people believe that they put gold on the tip of the pyramid I kind of think they put something else on there in an attempt to make gold I'm not sure it could be gold it could have been the other way around but of course I don't know I know that gold is um, a conductor but so is, um, but silver is said to be more, con- um, more highly conducive than gold. And so is copper. Like gold is the third most um, conductive or conducive material. So I'm not sure why they would be so focused on gold. It may have something to do with the light and the reflection of the light. Anyway, I can't be sure of that, so I'm not going to get into that. But the idea was to try to pull as much sun energy down as they possibly could and to use that perhaps as a form of um, energy and energy source. All right, but what was the result of that? It, it usually ends in some sort of cataclysm, okay, some mass extinction event. Now, if I can find it, if I can find the video, I'll just insert it here for you to listen to.
1: Consider that the Giza Plateau sits on top of a system of underground rivers. In fact, it has been shown that thousands of years ago, the mighty Nile River ran right past the pyramids. Is it possible that the pyramids were built to harness the piezoelectricity of the currents of these rivers? Could this explain the vast network of underground chambers and tunnels? only two years ago an international research group published a study in the journal of applied physics which showed that the great pyramid could concentrate electromagnetic energy in its internal chambers as well as under its base some thinkers have begun to put the pieces of the puzzle together the theory has been described as follows water from underground rivers travels through the subterranean tunnels up into the limestone through capillary action from there The construction of the pyramid creates an internal 3d field of harmonic vibrations and provides space to allow the energies to mingle within the apex of the pyramid creates a spin field within its center and once energy has entered it careens off the five identical angles and is projected in a beam towards the center where a pillar of the fused vibrations occurs in other words like tesla's warding cliff tower Energy is drawn from the Earth and projected skyward. Historically, the Great Pyramid was topped by a gold cap. Gold is one of the most electrically conductive materials on Earth, the gold top then providing a path for electricity to shoot up into the ionosphere, much as with the 55-ton metal ball which topped Tesla's tower. The similarities between Tesla's plans for unlimited energy and the construction of the Great Pyramid alongside Tesla's apparent obsession with the subject, have led many to speculate that the Great Pyramid of Giza was, in fact, an ancient power plant, able to project energy which could then be harnessed at individual locations. Many have noted the appearance of obelisks throughout Egyptian culture and, in fact, around the world. Made of granite and topped with quartz, these obelisks could have acted much like Tesla suggested antennas could, Tapping into the energy conduit produced by the Great Pyramid, it has been suggested that the history of an electrical Egypt is actually told in the Bible through the story of Moses. As one of the Pharaoh's closest advisors, Moses would have been privy to all the ancient secrets of Egypt, including, it could be assumed, the secrets of energy, if such secrets did exist some have suggested that the biblical ark of the covenant described in the book of exodus as a gold-covered wooden chest containing the two stone tablets of the ten commandments is actually a metaphor for the superconductor at the core of the great pyramid
0: But what was the result of that? When you pull too much, our bodies are already designed to pull in or pull down as much energy as we need on the planet. Now, when you try to take too much energy from the sun, the result of that is going to be a change in the climate. And I'm going to get to how climate change relates to uh, light energy. But um, a lot of civilizations where you find pyramids, uh they're also associated with these civilizations that are considered lost civilizations like you just don't hear from them and you don't know what happened to them but more than likely these civilizations people who just picked up and left where they were did that because the climate had changed and it's no longer conducive to living and to growing plants and so on so on but this is caused from bringing down too much energy um from the sunlight and so that results in a desert like there have been rumors that egypt was once uh uh, flourishing like it had rivers and it was a uh what do you call that a safari like there was vegetation and you can eat and grow and so on so on that all of the um materials used to build the pyramid and they're like oh this type of limestone didn't exist where well it did But because of what they did, you know, the types of materials that were there before shattered into sand. Those limestones or, you know, um, granite and all these other quartz and materials that were used to build this pyramid or this conductor. It may have existed in abundance in the area, but because of what they did, they may have shattered them rocks and turned it, like I said, into sand and anyway i'm just hypothesizing here okay nobody knows so everybody's hypothesizing so all the water dried up excuse me all the water dried up and people can't live there anymore and so they had to abandon uh, abandon it this happened not just in giza but it also happened on easter island that was a lost civilization where you'll find pyramids and with the maya and the indus And this is likely due to drought or so-called climate change, why they had to leave because they couldn't live there anymore. But it's because they were messing with this energy. Another thing is, is that because everybody's building pyramids, people say that these people didn't know each other and they weren't communicating. And that's what the European wants to teach people, that these civilizations were not communicating at the time, but they had to have been because a lot of their pyramids do align. And so there's a missing piece of history, and that's fine if those people wanted to write it out of there, but the history as it stands doesn't make sense. They were communicating and their signals, whatever happened with their pyramids, their signals lined up. All right. And the sun came down at the same time on these people and caused the destruction on the earth. All right. That changed the climate that perhaps even is what split um, the continents. All right. These land masses and split them into or split them further apart. We don't know that. All we know is what the European has told us now in this era, in this time loop what their explanation for it is and a lot of it has been written out like when I went to go do some of the research for my notes I'm looking at a lot of these things like um, the symbols used in math and mathematical concepts and they're attributing all of that to Europeans when it couldn't have been uh, them because math exists these types of the types of math that we're talking about now were already being used back in um ancient uh, by the ancient maya by the egyptians so on so on so it couldn't have been by the europeans but anyway uh, like i said it's their narrative all right so how does this tie into climate change this is step three is climate change when we talk about the climate we're talking about the slope or an incline all right and we're more than likely talking about the wavelength of light spectrum all right what changes the climate the only thing that can change the climate on the earth is the sun and how the sun interacts with the planet all right so the climate when we talk about climate changing we're talking about the height of the uh, the angle we'll say the height of the hypotenuse or the length I don't know how to explain that without showing you an image, but we're talking about the angle of light is changing. Okay. So, whereas, like, or the degree of light, we'll say that, the degree of the light angle. And so, right now, we're in the violet. There was a time when the light spectrum, or the highest spectrum of light that we, visible light, was somewhere around 400. It would cut off around there, Um, maybe 380. But now we're hearing more and more that the light spectrum could be as low as 310. The wavelength is at 310, which means that we're seeing more of the light spectrum than we did before. So right now it was, the light spectrum was between red and blue, where red was at the lowest and blue was supposed to be the limit. But now beyond that we're getting indigo and violet and now the even more than violet or the ultraviolet would be purple. It's often shown as purple when you talk about ultraviolet. It's associated with the color purple. So eventually through time you're going to see more and more purples in the atmosphere and in your environment. And so the light spectrum of the sun it starts at red as you know and that's associated with the root chakra or the the uh base of the spine so this sun braid that we talked about in on a couple episodes back the sun braid is or the solar plexus that represents this spiral of light that goes down the spine goes through the vertex on top of the head down the spine in a coil or spiral motion until it's uh, uh, culminates at the roots at the base of the spine and that red the root chakra is um they they okay i have to (laughs) explain that Uh, some people might not and let me just just say this part before i go on is that we talk a lot um, recently about nanoparticles. You're or nano, uh, nanobots and you know, yeah, nanoparticles, and you're hearing a lot of nanotech and so on and so on. But we are nanotech, all right? This is how they measure the light spectrum through nanometers. We are nano, some of us nanobots, and some of us nanotech. OK, but we're, we're made up of nanos. OK, so nanotechnology is old, old technology. We're a result. Humans are a result and all living things are a result of nanotechnology. It's nothing new. All right. But again, the narrative wants to say that these people are creating a new form of nanotech. OK. But uh, yeah, that's their narrative. But anyway, so red is uh, measured at 700 nanometers and the violet is measured at well like I said it was at 400 before but now it's like three something all right and there are seven colors in the light spectrum now that um okay we'll leave that so the eyes absorb um this scattered light. So how the sun enters once it enters into our what should be a prism because that's the only thing that would scatter the light there has to be some sort of a prism in between the sunlight and the earth in order for the light to scatter to become the colors that we see. What that spec what that um, prism is we don't know some people call it the atmosphere um, some people call it the dome. Some people call it, well, it it, it could be some sort of hive. Okay, it, more than likely, whatever it is, it's formed of hexagons, like a hexagonal shapes. And so, these um, the light would come in. It gets scattered, and that's chaotic. That scattered light is chaos. Uh, white light is order, and the sun is in order. But once it comes into our prism or into our atmosphere, it it gets scattered and that becomes um, electromagnetism. It becomes us. We are electromagnetic. And so, like I said, back on the female sex channel, we are the chaos. Okay. So step number four, and then I'll take a little pause after this. Like I was saying, like red is the lowest end of the spectrum and when you um when red meets blue it obviously creates violet and so the globalization what we know as globalization and industrialization or even the movement of certain people who are not um built as conductors of energy good Built for conducting energy, we'll say that. The movement of people around the world, for example, darker people who are meant to absorb sunlight in a specific area have moved into colder areas. All right, So this changes the ecosystem over time. That's why maybe every 100 years, people check back every 100 years to see how it's going. But if you were to measure it, you would see that since people have been moving around the world uh, or moving into environments that they're not natural to that this changes the environment so we're kind of like terraforming the planet simply by moving around and in um set, settling in different places and spaces okay that we normally would not or naturally would not do I'm going to take a little break right here. It seems things are rolling along a lot faster than I thought they would. So let me do that and I will be right back. so we're at step five which is enlightenment so I was talking about globalization and how uh, the movement of people is a form of terraforming or changing the ecosystem and in as a result that changes the climate it changes the way the sun communicates with the planet and so that in itself will change the climate now when we talk about enlightenment the enlightenment in the um i guess the modern sense would be in reference to the europeans um or when they started to go hard on the science okay and they started to go against the church and this around the late 1600s um i guess late 1500s and 1600s around there After the dark ages, that marked the start of their awakening, all right? They started waking up at that point. And you hear this a lot. A lot of people say waking up, but it's related to that. It's related to their awakening and this new science that we see happening, this allopathic medicine, or this is where it comes from. This is when the European learned about the secrets of alchemy. And started co-opting it and making it their own. And today, all of that awakening culminated in this whole woke culture. Now, this um, Enlightenment period is when the humanists started infiltrating the monarchy and they started infiltrating the church. I was reading, and I think it was my son's textbook, where they said, that the Or maybe it was another book, I don't remember, but they said that the Catholic Church didn't recognize that the sun was the center of the universe until the 1990s, until relatively recently, all right? So there must have been some kind of secret that was held up until that point, you know, and is this, does that mean that the whole thing is still up for debate? Like it was commonly acknowledged that the sun is at the center of the universe or I, I think it was Copernicus. I shouldn't even go there because I don't remember who these people are, okay, and who did what, but it could have been Copernicus or Galileo, Galilee, one of them humanists, okay, who said that all right, the sun is the center of the universe and the earth is not going around the sun. But the Catholic Church was saying that we were the center of the universe, that the earth was the center of the universe. And they never changed their argument officially until 1990, all right? And so at that point, by 1990, this is the point when um, that should be marked as and will be as the point where the humanists overcame the monarchy they took over now the catholic church they were they were working towards that for hundreds of years but it wasn't until 1990 when they actually succeeded and everyone you know in the catholic church today is a humanist all right So they were slowly infiltrating them over the years. And these things take time, you know. Uh, So they infiltrated the Catholic Church and they infiltrated the monarchy. And it was around that time when they started doing this coronation ritual that involves placing an ornamental crown, a crown of gold, on the head of the head, the head or whoever was at the reins or was the authority, all right? So this symbolizes acting as a conduit the same way um, the cone would be a conduit between the sun and the land or the sun and the earth. It's the same way. It's the same reason why they wear the crown to represent, uh, depending on how many, I don't want to bring up the Bible and the revelations, but they talk about the crown, all right? And these crowns are in reference to these different uh families or different monarchies coming together as one under one crown one conduit and that represents linking powers okay so you have like even before the british monarchy came into power there were so many different monarchies italian monarchies um, spanish portuguese dutch whatever, but they all fall down, right? And then the British ones rose to power. That's because they don't really fall, right? You st- still see them getting together, the the um, Dutch princess or Belgian Belgian princess. anyway, they they were all over there at the G7, you know they they still in, within their own realm or in their own society, they still recognize each monarch or each monarchy, each family, whatever. But who represents them on the world stage, on the global stage is the British monarchy. And so this queen will re- wear the crown. She's supposed to have, I believe her seventy fifth or her seventieth, I don't remember. Uh, and doesn't matter. her her coronation, her ju- what do you uh, what do they call that? the jubilee <laughs> when they celebrate her coronation, all right? the anniversary anniversary of this crowning now a truly enlightened person or a truly enlightened individual i say i should say who cannot be divided or who is whole an individual mustn't recognize the crown now i live in a country where it is known as a commonwealth all right but and, and everyone who comes into the country, if you want to become a citizen, you do have to swear an oath to the queen. I was born here, and so I don't have to swear that oath. I never did, and I personally don't recognize the queen as anything. I was actually, I remember when I was charged with the crime of failing to, um, failing to appear before the queen there's a law where if you don't go to court you're committing a crime against the queen and so i was charged with that crime on top of a little petty crime all right but the the not going into court to face the queen holds a greater (laughs) it it actually had a word it was worse than not it was worse than the original little crime that i did it was a worse crime to not show up for the queen But like I said, I don't recognize the crown. I don't recognize the queen. She needs to stop wearing that stupid crown. All right. And you're going to see that she's not probably I'm I would be shocked if she made it to this anniversary. I would be very, very surprised because this is supposed to be the year where it all falls down. The the crown is not supposed to exist anymore. So I would be shocked. I'm actually looking forward to seeing how they're going to do that one. Now, speaking of shocked, <laughs> let's talk about the chakras. This is step number six, all right? The crown chakra. Now, like I was saying, this tip of the cone or the tip of the pyramid is called the vertex. Excuse me, let me have a sip of water. Excuse me for that. So the tip of, the, um, of a cone or the tip of a pyramid and on many of the crowns that you see they have um, little tiny cones so at the tip of that is called the vertex vertex and the top of the head is also called the vertex the top of the head is known as the crown but it the very center of it where the hair begins to spiral it's called the vertex now, the coilier your hair, the more energy it can pull in because spirals can, uh, can take on more energy. If you have a straight line, um, energy goes straight down. And um, if you have spirals, it'll go around and around and around and so it holds more energy. Now, if you have a bald head, you can absorb the energy faster because it's going straight into your head. Now, well, that said, There's a common misconception also about the um, vitamin D absorption from the sun. And people always like to say, well, people with melanin have trouble absorbing vitamin D because their bodies absorb the UV rays and it prevents them from absorbing vitamin D. Well, that's the reason why people are designed the way they're designed. Yes, people with lighter skin can absorb vitamin D faster. And so they can go out for a little bit and they're designed that way so that they can go out for a little bit, you know, get their quick tan for a few minutes here and there um, and then go back inside. And they should have all of the vitamin D that they need from that quick absorption. However, if you have melanin, you can stay out longer. So you would have to stay out longer to absorb the same amount of vitamin D and you're built to stay out longer. So this debate about whether people with melanin absorb less vitamin D That's, it's true if they were both out there for 30 minutes. Okay. So if a melanin person and, um, we'll say light person and dark person, if a light person and a dark person is sitting out in the sun for 30 minutes, the light person is going to get more vitamin D. If the dark person wants as much vitamin D as the light person got, then the dark person has to stay out a little bit longer. It will take longer for the energy to go through the spirals of the hair it will take longer for the um, sun energy to be absorbed by the body because the melanin is a protective shield and so it will take time for that to penetrate and so they may have to stay out there double triple the time or whatever but they can still get the same amount and have the same result um, uh, same amount of vitamin d by staying out longer, which they were built to do in the first place. I I just wanted to drop that in there, clear that up real quick. Now, this spiral that I'm talking about, you hear this a lot, and a lot of people compare that to what's known as the golden ratio, which was used to build things like pyramids and mosques and these buildings that have vertexes or vertices, we call it that. So... This is represented by the Greek letter Phi and that's um, that's the Phoenician Q. So a lot of this thing we're hearing about now with the COVID um, narrative, it's centered around this 19, which is this letter. uh, um, The 19th letter is the Phi letter and um, also Q which is the Phoenician version of the Phi and Phoenician is what English is based on. Um, so the Phi and the Q are the same and they look the same. And that's why the 19, which represents this Phi number, um, and which represents this golden ratio is tied into this COVID-19, which is also tied into this climate change and the, um, the slope or the incline or the angle of the um, of the light ray. I'm going to take another quick break because I want you to take a listen to this and I will be right back. If you haven't already done it, go over to mysacredblood.com, click something, read something, watch something, or buy something.
2: The 19th letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Kuf, The numeric value of Kuf is 100. The pictogram or symbol behind the shape of the letter Kuf isn't clear, but it is significant that Kuf is the only letter of the Hebrew alphabet that extends below the line of letters, and Kuf extends down below the line when it comes at the end of a word. Kuf indicates holiness. Holy means separated, set apart separated unto God, set apart for God. Obviously, holiness also embodies the idea of moral and ethical purity. The Hebrew word for holy or sacred is kadosh. Kuf is the first letter in the spelling of the word kadosh.
0: All right, so where was I? I was talking about the COVID-19 narrative and how it's centered around this letter, this phi, and how um, the Q anon ties into that because it's the same letter. This 19 COVID narrative, this phi, and the climate change thing all has to do with this spectrum of light, all right? And the golden ratio, which was used to make these pyramids and mosques and these conductors of energy, of sun energy now this also represents um the symbol itself it represents the inner eye it represents or it looks like an eye more like a cat's eye if you look at it Um, but um, with a straight iris but like i said it represents the eye it also represents the brain and the spine or the conductor or the rods or whatever is used to conduct energy now That said, the Psi represents the Psi uh, symbol, which is the opposite of the Phi. The Phi represents the right and the Psi represents the left. Now, the Psi represents the super golden ratio, which also represents the spirit or the supernatural, which I've talked about before, um, what's known as the Li and which is associated with the flower of the lily now i'm gonna say again that if you didn't listen to the other podcast then a lot of what i'm saying is going to seem like a lot like i'm just piling things on and saying words but like i said the whole season the season all culminates to this so you might want to go back to listen out for what i talked about i believe i talked about the lily back when I talked about the throat chakra, but listen to them all when you get a chance. I'm going to be off for a little while for the rest of the winter. And so I'll see you in the spring. In the meantime, you can catch up on some of these podcasts. So this flower of the lily or the flower of the iris is linked to this symbol, to this symbol of Phi, the Phi symbol. A lot of people confuse the lily with the lotus like in this whole hindu spirituality the flower that's associated with um enlightenment and nirvana and kundalini energy so on so on is the lotus flower but the actual flower that represents enlightenment is the lily flower and that's because the lily is found all over the world whereas the lotus is more found in in places like Asia I believe parts of uh, I can't be sure but the the lily is more world-renowned now that said speaking of the eye and sight and sensing it brings me to step number seven okay and step number seven into understanding why the female sex has become purple rings so this deals with dimensions when we're talking about 3d or seeing i mean seeing in the sense of sensing and i mentioned that two podcasts ago when i talked about the throat chakra and um sensory perception so on so on and so when we talk about um 3d a lot of people talk about this in the abstract again and sometimes i'm like 3d consciousness 4d 5d i'm like what are these people talking about I I don't know what they're talking about and everybody always talks about things they say words and it really sounds good and so it so-called resonates quote-unquote but when you talk about 3D, um, 3D is the bottom of this light spectrum so 3D is the red it's where we are now so the lowest or not we everybody but it's the lowest on the light spectrum and it's the when we talk about the lowest I'm talking about the lowest degree of light or the lowest frequency this is also associated with the dark or um with what is known in ancient Sumeria as sin they call it um uh, sin is the moon or the crescent moon is known as sin so the um the smallest slither of a moon before you get to nothing to you. To, to. All right. So this sin, the reason why now in the English we call a sin, a sin is because it is the lowest point on the light spectrum. Um, sin is short for sign uh, in mathematics, but I'll get to that a little bit later. But 4D, so 3D is the lowest on the light spectrum. Excuse me. And 4D means to sense through the walls, like you can see through walls. What does that mean? It doesn't mean like in comic books where you can actually look through a wall and see through a wall. I'm sure technology exists where things and robots can see through walls, okay? But sensing through the walls is like, for example, if your neighbor Is playing music or something's going on in the house. They're moving around. You can kind of visualize what's happening in the house. You don't have to actually see it with your eyes. You can see it with your senses. I was talking about the throat chakra, meaning that you can sense with, um, you can see with your ears. You should be able to see with your nose if you smell something. You should be able to visualize what that thing is. All right, so that's sensing through walls or seeing through walls means that you can hear. things going on in another room or in another apartment or down the street, whatever. And you can visualize what that thing is. When it comes to 5D, it means sensing or seeing through people. Like when you say, I could see right through you, I could see right through your lives. So that means you have 5D consciousness. And so um, when you're able to see people in this ties into discernment you're able to tell when is somebody lying to you when they're covering something up now lies are not always bad lies are often told to protect a truth okay so secrets um secrets are hidden truths and lies are meant to cover up or to protect a truth because not everybody is deserving of truth and only the people who have 5d consciousness or so-called 5d consciousness who can perceive it who can discern it are who are worthy of it. And so if somebody um really you shouldn't even be calling people out on their lies. If they're lying, then you should kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and know that they're lying and understand their intention because that's part of discernment as well. If you can discern that someone yes, they may be covering up a truth, but you know what? I'm going to let it pass because the truth might be something that they're not prepared to share yet and they don't have to and so you'd be able to discern that whether the it's being covered up with good intentions or whether it's being covered up for nefarious reasons. All right. So that's 5D consciousness. Now, 6D is sensory de- deprivation or hallucination. So this is where you can go into your dark. I'll talk a little bit more about the dark night of the soul, so on, so on. But hallucination could be tied into drugs. So people hallucinate for different reasons. You can hallucinate if you don't get enough sleep. So that's a form of sensory deprivation when you're not able to use your pineal glands, your pineal gland or pineal organ, you are depriving yourself of that sense, of those senses. And so um, sensory deprivation could be lack of light, um, lack of smell, taste, sound, so on, so on, touch. And this sensory deprivation can lead to hallucination. Um, So you can train yourself, even when you fast, for example, if I'm fasting and I'm not eating enough and not sleeping enough, then I may hallucinate. I I was thinking the other day, I wasn't really sleeping too well with the full moon, often when there's a full moon, and lately the full moons have been super bright, and so I don't sleep well during the full moon, or like in the three, four days of the full moon, and so my circadian rhythm is a little off, and I'm usually up, because like I said, the light is brighter, and so I find that I've been up later, and then I've been seeing moths around my house, (laughs) so I'm like am i seeing things like am i seeing this moth is it really there and then i finally found it it was like it drowned in the kitchen and so i knew it was real but it was so bizarre but that's a that's a form of hallucination where you're just you can your mind creates images and people will often use um, hallucinogenics or hallucinogens like drugs or alcohol so on so on to get to um 6d You can get to 6D, like I said, depriving yourself of food or sleep or light and so on. Or you can use drugs um, to mess with your endocrine system and then um, mess with your hormones. And that will lead you to 6D. Now that is an artificial way to get there, but it's a method. It's not sustainable. Like if you want to get to 6D and be able to do it a lot and not kill yourself then you're not going to want to do it through drugs you can test 6d like go there and then you have to come back down unfortunately um because usually that means like if you are going from uh if you're taking hallucinogenics most of the time you're in a situation where you're in that sinful situation you're at that red or that that lowest frequency and so a lot of people will be at the lowest frequency and just take their hallucin hallucinogens their drugs and then it'll boost them up to 6d but then they crash back down to 3d all right so you want to get there in a way that's sustainable and so you want to get to 4d first see through the walls see through the lies see through um, the dark so on so on to, to get to 60. once you get to 60 then you, um, you can move on to 7D. Hallucin- hallucinations often come just before dreams. Like the body does this incredible thing that we don't even give it enough credit for where you'll be in your bed, the night comes down and your body will immediately give you a drug to knock you out and paralyze you. And all of this is natural and harmless. And it happens every night. I remember when I used to drink often and I wouldn't want to go to sleep. This is in my twenties. I wouldn't want to sleep because I was afraid I would die. Okay. And it's in that moment just before I fell asleep and I'm like I can't sleep I can't sleep like I I, I'm smoking weed and drinking and you know when you smoke weed you can feel the blood if you have done so you can feel the blood moving through your veins (laughs) like you become highly aware of it and so when I was afraid of my dark or when I was living a sinful life I was always afraid that I would die in that state and so I never wanted to sleep even though the thing that is knocking me out is the most, it's even more potent than the alcohol. Like it, I used to not mind if I was knocked out instantly by alcohol or drugs, but if I'm in a regular, you know, I'm not drinking or I'm not drinking or smoking or whatever, drugging, then I would still, I would feel almost afraid of that moment between wakefulness and sleep. And that is the moment where your body gives you some natural drugs. It, you get your, um, some paralytic I'm not sure what it what is the hormone that paralyzes you but then you get your melatonin and it knocks you out and so the body will do that and then then you start to dream and your pineal gland of course that absorbs light sunlight during the daytime it will start to create these light images what appears as light images in your dream, and that's why when people have dreams and they're like, "Oh, I have a dream about a future," whatever you you can't dream of something that never happened. You can dream when you're dreaming. Your mind is making sense of something that already was, or you can try to sort out how you might manage a situation in the future. But nobody's having any prophetic dreams. Okay, you can deduce things, make mathematical um, calculations and you can do that if you were able to do it when you're awake like if you are a little bit more enlightened then you can do something like that when you're awake but your dreams are meant to do that you're meant to collect all of the information that you gathered through the day or through the wakes and days you know things that are sitting on your consciousness on your conscience excuse me and then it'll all come together in a dream And then through that dream, you get to see certain images because, of course, there's rarely any words. That's why sometimes when you wake from your dream, if you want to try to scream, you can't because you're paralyzed. You're not you're not hearing anything in your dream. It's in your it's in your uh, it's in your head. Like the sound is in your head. Right. Sometimes when you have music on the music that you're listening to might come into the dream. All right, but you anyway, so um, dreaming and lucid dreaming is 70 consciousness when you're able to, excuse me, wake up often in your dream. Now, like I said, lucid dreaming is this thing that happens. You cannot make lucid dreaming happen at will. It will happen when you get to that point when you've you've reached a point where you there's a distinct a distinct um time i guess or a space between your dream your wakeful state and your sleep state and you become aware of that now that's like a five minute thing and it can happen often but not intentionally like you can't make it happen often You can possibly make it happen if you're training yourself, maybe through sensory deprivation to make that happen, or if you're using hallucinogenic, is it hallucinogenics or hallucinogens? If you're using drugs, okay, artificial means of getting there, then that's the only way it's going to happen often. So you might have um, lucid dreams if you're using drugs, or if you've already trained yourself and you've moved through um, for for 4D, 5D, 6D consciousness to get to that place where every time when you're about to wake up, you can feel that moment. Let me turn this off. I have my other phone going. I'm just gonna shut it down here. It's distracting me. All right. So that's seven seventy. Like I said, there are a lot of, you know, new agers who want to make the claim that they can just, uh, what, what's it called, um, lucid dream at will. And they often, like, confuse it with astral projection, okay? But they're not the same. Astral projection is the next stage, which is an out-of-body experience, all right? So this lucid dreaming is that moment between wakefulness and sleep. And it usually happens when those two hormones are wearing off, when your melatonin is wearing off and when the paralytic hormone is wearing off. And that's when you'll have a lucid dream, when you feel like you can feel your body again, but yet you're still asleep. And you feel like you are awake, but yet your melatonin hasn't quite worn off. It's a chemical response. Okay, Lucid dreaming is a response to the chemicals wearing down all right so you cannot control that I don't unless you're taking drugs I'm not sure how people are people make up all kinds of stuff okay and it's easy to make this stuff up and that's why this is all quackery when people talk about these things in the abstract and on a spiritual level only if you're not tying it back to your anatomy and to physics and to the earth and nature then you are you don't know what you're talking about you're just saying words Now, um, finally, after 7D, after lucid um, dreaming or being able to, dreaming or lucid dreaming, then um, not just dreaming, but being able to interpret your dreams and understand, make sense of it. Like if your dream is telling you something and working out a problem, then you're able to take what you learned in the dream and apply it the next day. All right. So, or not the next day, but you know what I mean, apply it to the problem. So then you get to 8D. 8D is the out-of-body experience. And this usually happens in a life or death situation. You got knocked out through some kind of trauma, um, some form of blackout. Uh, Usually people deal with this when they're in the hospital and they're on their deathbed in a coma, so on, so on. And they see themselves coming out of their body and they can, they literally come out of their body and they can see themselves. People will often say, my mother even mentioned that she saw herself on the operating table. Why does this happen? It's because your body, you can sense everything, you can hear, you can smell, you can even taste the particles of what you're smelling. All of these senses and your pineal gland is absorbing all of this information. The only thing that you can't do is see it with your eyes and so your eyes will take all of that information everything that else that it sensed and then it will create an image of you all right so you're not actually coming out of your body like i said this is all about your anatomy and the the mastery of it and what it's capable of so you're you're capable of hallucinating creating images light images that are not there You know, when you're awake, you can do it. When you're half awake, half asleep, you can do it. When you're sleeping, you can do it. And when you're in a between life and death type of situation, uh, you can do it and do it. um, You know, it's more heightened in a situation like that. All right. And so these are people call that um, that's (laughs) what the new agers call astral projection, but like i said that's a folly all right that's false and these people are lying to people all right it is not true you cannot do that astral project at will (laughs) Uh, like go to death this is uh, they're talking about maybe they took some ayahuasca or dmt whatever mushrooms blah blah now finally 90 the ninth dimension what a lot of people call the ninth sphere is death like you literally drown and if you come back then you went to your ninth sphere like this is a high trauma like you actually died your body died for a minute something was disconnected something stopped flowing and then somebody had to literally bring you back that um but i would even say that's an 8d because when you get to death that's pure light before the dark that's like a supernova you see the light boom it gets super bright You've conducted, you've brought all the energy down and then boom, it's all gone. It's dark. And so that's death. That's enlightenment. And I've mentioned that before, that enlightenment is death. You don't get to be enlightened and walk around the earth enlightened. (laughs) There's no place for you uh, in in the light spectrum, the earthly light spectrum that, you know, after that, when you reach enlightenment, you're beyond ultraviolet. You're ultraviolet. You're beyond what can be seen. All right. So there was even there was this book called the Philistine Prophecy where they said that th- they tried to explain how the Mayans disappeared or the Incas or something, and they said they vibrated so t- to such a high level that they disappeared. But that's I I still believe that they were fucking with them pyramids and got themselves all fucked up excuse my language but i believe it had to do with the pyramids anyway this brings me to step number eight to um enlightenment <laughs> step number eight to um understanding why or how the female sex became purple rings or what it means um this idea of being born again now While the new agers will talk about astral projection and astral travels and all of that, the Christians and the religious folk will say that will talk about being born again. And this is a major ritual in a lot of different religions where they put you back in water, in tap water, (laughs) and claim that it's a holy water. So they pull your born of your sacred. (laughs) <laughs> the sacred womb, the sacred waters of the sacred womb, where you are floating in zero G and you come into the world. And then man decides, I'm going to put you in tap water and claim you're born again. Now people use the word "born" or the terms born again, also to describe a life-changing experience. So they didn't necessarily get baptized. I guess you can be born again and not get baptized or you have to get baptized to symbolize or it's the, it's the uh, ritual that has to happen to show that you are born again in Christianity anyway. Excuse me. So you only get one birth. That is it. You come through the womb, through the sacred waters of the holy womb and that is it. You come into the earth. But you do get infinite lives, okay? So you can have a past life on earth, but you have that past life in the same body. Now people who talk about, well, I have past lives and I remember past lives. Now that is, if you're in a different body talking about past memories that you had before, then you are a zombie. You're being animated by someone else's consciousness, um, someone else's parasite or someone else's virus. Okay. And in that case, you should take steps to cleanse the blood. All right. This usually happens when one of the parents were either on some sort of pharmaceutical or on some sort of drug in a traumatic situation. I don't know, but something gets crossed and somebody else's spirit enters into the parent and then the child will take on an unknown spirit or the parent. It could be anything like the thought came into the parent's mind. It doesn't even have to be something negative like drugs or trauma or whatever. It could just be a thought, an obsession, something that the parent heard at some point. But that's how consciousness works. It's a—it's an idea. It's a physical thing that is transferred physically from one human to the next okay whether the human is dead or alive and so people will have experience or memories of somebody else's life and in that case that means you're animated by this person and you should look for ways to rid your body of that cleanse your body of that now if it's you in your own body then yes like i said you can have born you can be born again or not born again, but you can, um, you can have a new life. Okay. But you cannot be born again. You're born once I said, so if you had, you have many lives. Okay. And they usually talk about the cats having nine lives. Well, we have many lives too. Okay. If I would ask you, who were you before you rebuilt yourself? If you have, if you believe you've had If you were born again, if you believe that, if that's what you're calling it, then uh, like I said, you were not born again, but I do, I would acknowledge that you did live another life and now you've rebuilt yourself from that. So I would ask, who were you before you rebuilt yourself? Like I've had many lives where I've had to reinvent myself or, you know, transmute and take everything I was. And, um, rebuild it into something else that I would love. And I'm still not even fully, completely satisfied with who I am. I'm still always working towards a greater me. And like everybody should be working on perfecting themselves. You can perfect yourself. You can be perfect. There is a perfect you. There is not one perfect quintessential human. So no, when, when people are like, oh, nobody's perfect. Yes, you are perfect. You can be the Best you that you can be, you set the bar for that. So you can be your perfect self. All right. This is something that people say to other people to keep the world mediocre. But enlightenment is not mediocrity. So you can become your perfect you, and so you should be changing your life all the time to get to another level and to become your per. In order to become your perfect self, so. I would ask, what was your sin? Which means how, like, where were you when you were at the lowest uh, frequency, at the lowest spectrum of light? How did it feel? (laughs) Would you want to go back there? A lot of people love the life, all right? Uh, You know, they wouldn't be faulted for that. But if you go back there, you're going to have to start all over again, making your way back up the light spectrum. But how did you rebuild from that? And in what dimension did you change your life? So where were you? Were you at the point where you were able to see through people and see through their lives? Is that when you rebuilt your life? Or you could have rebuilt your life at every single one of those dimensions. All right. So-called dimensions. Now, how did you rebuild? uh, uh. or yeah, so like specifically, like how did you do it? Some people do it, like I said, they'll do it through um, drugs. So they'll take drugs and they'll boost themselves right up to um, 60 hallucination. Or you'll take your time to do it through fasting and um, dark time, what's known as meditation, so on, so on, quiet time sensory deprivation, so on. Some people do it through sex. Like I said, I mentioned back in the sacral chakra, I said a lot of people will do anal sex or deviant sex, sex with whores and demon sex, so-called sinful sex. And that's sex in the red zone or sex in the red light. That's why it's known as the red light district, because you can only do those kind of things in the sinful, low frequency level of light. And so a lot of people will do that and they'll get to enlightenment, in not enlightenment, but they'll get to hallucinogenic level or dream state or whatever through sex or through drugs, right? Um, sometimes it happens through trauma. Um, whether it's a car accident, abusive situation, a long, um, trauma like war or living in a traumatizing environment, so on, so on. It could be a near death experience. Um, it could be through a dream. Like you could have, uh, changed your life based on a dream that you had or based on a nightmare, or it could be through a form of betrayal, like someone who you trusted, like you were betrayed by them and it just knocked you into seeing the world in a whole new different way so there are a lot of ways to get to the next level of light or the next level of consciousness or the next level towards and the next step towards enlightenment and so every t- it's um always going to be different from for different individuals you know you share the same maybe the same method of getting to where you are but never the same experience so on so on but you can't ex- attain um enlightenment true enlightenment like being truly aware of yourself and of your purpose in life and all of that just before um you die a lot of people die not knowing die um with regrets wondering if they had, you know, maybe lived in the red for a little longer. They could have learned more about themselves or if they had learned to get out of the red before they died. A lot of people die in that lower spectrum. But um, with religion, religion was meant to uh, keep you from that awareness, from getting to that level. All right. The purpose of religion and the reason why they keep talking about sin all of the time and um, for all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's talking about you're staying in this sinful red and they're constantly reminding you that you are a sinner, you are a sinner. And so religion is not meant to move you past the sinful spectrum of light. You're supposed to be in that red and to be stuck in the sin. And the only thing that you can do is to pray to a God who does have access to enlightenment or to a conduit, you know, whether it's the Allah or the Buddha or the Jesus or whatever, it blocks you from getting there. But this conduit can, um, you talk to that conduit, you talk to your Jesus, you'll talk to your Buddha, you'll talk to your Muhammad. And the only conversations you're having is with this person and this person or this entity is supposed to relay the message back to the god all right so you don't even have direct communication with the god when you're in religion because you have to go through all of these and the new age is still a religion because you still have you're stuck in that uh, kundalini khan okay the true enlightenment means enlightenment means that you are the conduit your crown is connecting to sun energy and you're understanding life and and communicating with the God directly with that life source force and understanding what it like everybody obviously is going to connect with the sun but not everyone is going to understand that they're connecting with the sun and that's what enlightenment is is that understanding of that all right so when um I, I, let me say this before I move on <laughs> a lot of this revelation that we're hearing about one of the things that will be re- revealed is that everything is inversed the same way when you look at an image your light is, its uh, it really is the inverse it's upside down and backwards and then when your light sees it when it comes into your eyes your eye will flip it around and make sense of it <laughs> The same thing's gonna happen with religion. A lot of people now you're seeing the Church of Satan is getting a lot of play and a lot of protection in the law. And that's because it will be revealed that what you know or what you think was God or these conduits were actually the evil and the wicked and that the Satan or the Lucifer was the true light. And they're gonna prove that mathematically (laughs) and a lot of people will be in denial of it. Like when the secrets are ready to be revealed, they are going to be revealed, and a lot of people are going to be shook. Shook, okay. Now, now, anyway, let me move on from that because I I don't want to offend you and your religion, but like I said, like anyway, all that, all that. So <laughs> when it comes to um finding or changing your life or reaching that next level of enlightenment, a lot of people will do that through what's known as the dark night of the soul. A lot of people practice this ritual. Now, the purpose of this ritual where it's, uh, and I guess it happens in many different ways. I should have left my phone open to give an example, but the the meaning of the dark night of the soul translates to the dark not as in, not as in nothing the dark not of the sun so it's also dark and not not the dark and not of the sun or dark as in dark and a which is not meaning nothing dark not of the sun or dark is not of the sun or not of the soul soul meaning sun. And the symbol for not is the O with a line through it, which is also the symbol for sine or symbol for sin, which is the angle of a light or the degree of the light spectrum. Uh, sine, S-I-N-E is mathematical. And so um, just just look that up, search that up, and you'll see what I mean by the symbol for sine which is the degree of an angle, all right? And in this case, we're talking about the angle of light. Now, this brings me to what I wrote down in the description box about the I and I. Um, in the Rasta religion, they, they speak a dialect. You know, when you go, um, you don't diet, you live it. Like uh, Kanye was describing, he don't do diets, he do livets. Uh, and he got it from the Rasta because that's how they speak so they'll go when he's talking about about overstanding and not understanding because you don't want to stand under you want to stand over so they say overstand you know understand (laughs) so anyway that's what's called as um iric they're talking iric so it's like a Iri mixed with amharic you know, the Ethiopian. So anyway, that's so where they get that type of thing from. And they'll do that with a lot of the words. You'll hear that happening in a lot when they change the negative, anything that sounds negative into a positive. All right. So but the I and I comes from this. Right. But they don't really explain the I and I. What if you were to look up I and I, they would tell you it means we, God and I. Or you, it could mean two things like I and I nu no, no, go so I, and I know the truth matter. Like you say, I, and I, me and God, God, and I know the truth. You can also say, I, and I, blah, 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 to talk about you and someone else. I, and I means you and I, so we, so I, and I is you and I, or I, and I is God and I, but it's I, and I, now the, <laughs> the. Translation now, I can be high, like high up above, or I could mean I, or it means both. Okay, I as in the I to see. So when you say I and I, you're talking about the I, the high I, which is the sun, meaning the light I, as in I, the letter I, the light I. And I, which is the eye, and the dark eye, which is the pineal. So I and I is the sun and the pineal. I and I is me and the God. Okay? So the the just I and I itself, that thing has a lot. It says everything. It just summarizes all of it, your entire connection, be- the entire connection between you, the sun, and the light. All right? So, right. I just wanted to explain what I said there in the description of this uh, podcast. So, Purple Rains, here we are. Purple Rains is the fundamental rule. Purple Rains is a rule. What does it mean? So let's look at the word purple. Pur means pure. means basic, fundamental, unadulterated, unmixed, whatever. It is pure. Doesn't mean pure as in you're not having sex or pure as in blah, 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 okay? It just means pure. You've reached that highest level when it comes to light, okay? Because it's not mixed with anything in the atmosphere. You cannot see pure, all right? Pure is the white light. When the white light hits our atmosphere, then, or whatever particles are in it, then it will become scattered light that we can see. So pure light, you cannot see that. We cannot perceive that. So that's the pur, the pure, all right? And that's the highest um, on the spectrum of light. That's as high as you can go before death. Now the, um, purple is usually used to represent, um, death or near death experiences, not necessarily death, but near death experiences. And that's because the blood or represented by red is mixed with, um, the blue which is the lack of oxygen. So usually when you get to that point of death or when your body starts to decay, you'll turn purple. If you get a, uh, like a black eye, you get punched in the eye. It's actually not black. It's purple. Um, if you get a bruise or something that it'll go through these different stages, but it will be purple when it's most apparent, all right? When it comes up to the surface, when blood comes to the surface and starts to oxidize. And so that's where the purple is this space between life and death. And that's what I'm talking about when you get to that enlightenment. Just before you die, that is, uh, the space of enlightenment is as short as a lucid dream. It's like a few minutes and then you're gone. A few minutes of light and then you're gone, if that all right. And so that's that pur or pure. Now, when um when I'm talking about the near death experience, like an example of that would be like um like when people get the purple heart. The reason they made the purple heart is not for the dead. It's not for ones who have fallen. It's for the ones who have been wounded in combat and so they'll get this Award war because they experienced they had a near the death experience in in um military whatever um purple haze is known as lsd which takes you to that place where you're in between life and death that place where you're hallucinating it can take you to that place <laughs> and then you have um the perp or the purple weed uh perp if people will refer to heroin as that or perp could be that perp the weeds with the with the purple hair. I'm purple haze. I think there was this name of a weed. I remember I oh my God, I smoked this weed. This is when I was like 18, 19 and I was doing ecstasy at the time and I took ecstasy and this purple weed and I swear to God I was going to die. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I cannot. I called a firefighter. I remember my brother came and he looked at me and shook his head like, what's the matter with you? I called my family. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> oh, my God. But I had taken this purple weed with this ecstasy pill. My Lord, I cannot. Anyway, I was young back then, just stupid. So, um, <laughs> right, where was I? So this is why this... um this violet is the, is the associated with the crown chakra. Excuse me. I just took myself off track for a minute, but, um, the violet is what's, um, associated with the crown chakra. All right. But the even higher than violet is the ultraviolet, which is purple. Okay. So this is the, uh, the ninth dimension. Okay. This is the highest that you can go purple. And that, like I said, eventually the light spectrum will change and purple will be coming through, um, and, and become visible to some. All right. So, um, right. (laughs) So, excuse me. So, The word violet is associated with um, violate, like to violate someone or to be violent or to be virulent um, as in a virus, you know, when it goes too far, when something gets viral, it means it's been scattered. It's been so disseminated, just like scattered light. And that's what virology is about. I was like, I'm not trying to say virology doesn't exist. It does. Um, Like I said, consciousness is a virus and your consciousness can be affected by, and it is affected by the light spectrum. It is what affects us. And people uh, sleep on that. Like literally and figuratively, we think we don't factor in how light affects our system, even though the light is giving a lot of people cancers and cataracts and you know, a lot of people who even claim they're conscious, they'll be in glasses. And you cannot claim that you're conscious and moving towards enlightenment and you're still wearing glasses, like you're going to someone else to correct your vision. Once you get to a certain level, you should be able to correct your vision on your own if you're in that pineal or, you know, in that a lot of people are still in the throat chakra because, you know, anyway, but like, like I said, this um, violet is associated with like an interference or this word is caused by an, a light interference. Somebody's interfering with your connection to the light. And so it, when you are sick, it's good to connect with the sun. That's why they say vitamin D is good for certain diseases and why UV light helps to purify the air is for that reason is because these sicknesses illnesses are directly tied to the sunlight and how the sunlight affects our anatomy and affects our blood affects our sleep and affects everything about the human body a medicine sunlight is the, the oh, not the only medicine but it is because like i said hydrogen um, uh, hydrogen and oxygen water is sunlight it's made up of the same thing and so sunlight including water and soil is the medicine not that you're going to live only on sunlight i'm saying if you want to purify the blood then get sun and get water all right so um when it comes to uh, i was talking about purr okay i got off track with the um violet but they do connect they are related so violet comes before purple. And so purp the pure, plus the L-E means the suffix L-E means to do, doing or being. So when you put them together, the purple, that means you're being or doing the pure. And rain means light or to rule you know that in the etymology online they say it has to do with the king yes in french the word roi means king so roi is connected to ray or ra sun ra which is connected to the sunlight and so the (coughs) rains has to do with um with rays of light all right and so the ray or the rule is like a, a line or the angle of light. So when I say purple rains, that all adds up to being pure in accordance with the rule of light. So what is the rule of light? It means I can seek enlightenment, meaning I and I, okay? The I or the E-Y-E, I can seek enlightenment and will attain it from the dark. So you'll get it when you die. (laughs) And that is it. (laughs) So you can seek enlightenment. But you can only get it from the dark. And that's what the alchemists knew. And they tried to get it like physically. They tried to connect to the light. By trying to like create these superconductors or pyramids or whatever. And they ended up pretty much destroying themselves. Trying to seek the light. The light is Within You can only attain it from within by acknowledging that it's there and to channel it and to use it physically and see what your physical body can do with the light. The goal is to go through life to attain enlightenment, to leave this world knowing why you were here in the first place. That's what enlightenment is. That's what alchemy was about. Alchemy means that you will pass that on. You're technically supposed to understand why you're bringing um, a child into the world. Why you're creating a chemical um, uh, reaction or a chemical bond with someone that creates a spark of life? You're supposed to know why you're doing it before you do it. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't, and that's fine. I suppose, um, maybe the child that they give birth to will reach that point, or the purpose of the child was to reach the point, and that was the purpose of the child coming through. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there for the season. I hope this was helpful in some way or gave you something to think about. Until we meet again, take care of yourself.